Pastor Alex. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Alex. Thank you, Miss Heidi, Miss Robin, Miss Joyce, for your ministry to us today on the instruments. Hebrews 11 is the great faith chapter of the Bible. In a, it's a series of studies of Old Testament characters whose lives illustrate to us that each of us can live by faith. Amen? We started all the way back now. It's, it's hard to believe. This is, again, 11 messages, uh, middle of January we started, and we looked at the explanation of faith, and then we began to look at the different characters after in Hebrews 11:4 and on. We looked at Abel and, and the way of Abel's faith, and it was the blood-sprinkled way. And by the way, the way of faith is still the blood-sprinkled way. We are entering Holy Week, as it is often called. The week between Palm Sunday when Jesus one last time offered himself to the Jews as Messiah. And then, of course, Holy Week culminates with our Lord being willing to sprinkle and shed his blood on an old rugged cross. Why? Because the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The, the song Pastor Alex just sung, a lot of hymnals, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of newer hymnals are removing those songs about the blood. And you know what I say about those hymnals? Shame on them. The blood is part of our faith. Amen. The fact that Jesus shed his perfect blood as a lamb without spot and without blemish. And so we looked at the way of Abel's faith and the worth of his faith and the witness of his faith and the wonder of his faith that he uh, being, uh, he, he died all those years ago, 6,000 years of human history. He would be the first uh, one to actually physically die. And yet it says, he being dead, yet speaketh. We still learn, we still hear his voice in the pages of the Word of God. Then we looked at the faith of Enoch in verses 5 and 6, and really culminates with that phrase there in verse 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. If you are, are here today and you're trying to work your way to heaven, I have got very bad news for you. Nothing you can do will ever be enough. You could work a thousand lifetimes. You could have a, a life that just serves others and, and, and does all that. But if you're doing all that without faith in Christ Jesus, I'm telling you, it profits nothing. Nothing. Enoch walked with God and he pleased God and he was rewarded by God. Why? Because he did it by faith. He placed his faith in God. Well, then we looked, of course, in verse number 7 at the faith of Noah. We remember Noah built an ark to the saving of his house. He received God's warning. He walked with God. He moved with the fear of God. By the way, that's why uh, many times we, we do what we want to do, just like now. Some folks are paying attention. Some folks aren't. It's just the way it goes. It, it, it's, you, you learn as a pastor, people do what they want to do. Some people fear God. Some people don't. It's a fact. Some people came to church today because you fear and worship God. Some people didn't because they don't. Again, I'm, I'm not being mean. I'm not being unkind. I'm saying it's a fact. Noah feared God, and all of a sudden it moved him to action. It showed. We're going to talk about that today with Joshua. Noah preached the word of God. He obeyed the voice of God. He saved a people for God. And we looked at Abraham. 
Abraham listening to God's promise and living by God's promise and looking for God's promise. I love that phrase. It says he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. A blessing. And then we talked about Abraham's faith in part two. We looked at his, the thrill of his faith and the testimony of his faith, how he passed it on to his family, what a blessing that is. And then the test of his faith, that, that strange request, that steadfast response and that stirring reply, he said, uh, when, when God said, I want you to bring Isaac up and I want you to offer him, and uh, he, what did he say? He said, we'll go and God will provide himself a lamb. By the way, that's exactly what God did 2,000 years ago. He provided himself a lamb, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. And then we looked at the faith at death. We looked at the faith of Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and then looked at the faith of Moses' parents in verse 23. It's a tremendous passage of Scripture. And then Moses, our last two messages were both on Moses and how he refused the world's throne and the world's thrill and the, the world's things and he forsook the world and he followed the Word and then he found the wonders. Remember, we, we left at the parting of the Red Sea there in verse 29. Well, that brings us to verse 30, if you'll look at it again with me there in Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. This story is found in the book of Joshua. In Joshua chapter 1, Moses has passed off the scene and uh, Joshua uh, succeeds Moses as the leader of Israel. And then in chapter 2 of Joshua, Joshua sends spies into this walled city of Jericho to find out the strategy of the enemy. In Joshua chapter 3, like the Red Sea was crossed, the, the Jordan River is miraculously dried up where the Israelites walk across. Joshua chapter 4, they set up memorial stones. Joshua chapter 5, the fear of the Lord begins to follow Israel from crossing of the Jordan River unto Jericho. And if you go back there in Joshua, if you, you'll look back at Joshua chapter 5 with me, verse number 1, and it says there, And it came to pass all the kings of the Amorites, <clears throat> which were on the side of Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until we were passed over, that their heart, what church? Melted. Their heart melted. Neither was their spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. Literally, God did that, ladies and gentlemen. God did that. Uh, again, I, I've told this story before. We moved in uh, to our property out in Rives Junction. Uh, it's hard to believe now. It's going to be five years this fall. It's just, it's absolutely mind-boggling. But when we first went out there, we had to do uh, a little painting. And how, how many of you remember Brother Drake Hathaway? Brother Drake Hathaway did some of the painting for us on our outbuilding there. Mr. Al had to had some chip and paint. And so Drake got up there and he began to paint that. And he got on the side and all of a sudden he jumped off the ladder. I mean, jumped off. He was up second floor. Thankfully, he's young and springy, amen. And he came over, and I said, what happened? He said, there is a hornet's nest up in that eave. And I said, oh. So I, well, let's, let's say the building was here. I walked over real close. 
And I looked up at that Eve, amen, and sure enough, there was a big hanging hornet's nest, right up, I mean, right in the center. And I thought to myself, okay, I, I, we got to get rid of that. I got to get this thing painted. So I got to get rid of that. Okay. All right. You know, I have found that the only thing more stubborn than a hornet is an independent Baptist preacher. Amen. <laughs> really. So I had a, I found this extension pole and I got that thing out and sure enough, it extended high enough and I put a big, big push broom in on the end of it. And I got close to the edge of that. I, I was on the side. I was, I was a little smart. It's pretty dumb, but smart, because I did it during the day. I found that out later. Do it at night. Whatever you're going to do to hornets, do it at night. I found that out later. And I, I looked up there, and I took that pole, and I extended it up. And I believe I had prayer. I believe I did, Eric. I'm not sure. I'm, I think I did. Lord, please protect me from my own stupidity, which is a prayer I pray often. No, some of you are laughing. You pray the same prayer. You just don't say it out loud in front of a whole church on Sunday morning. And uh, I took that push broom and I went, Sheep! and man, that, just about all of that nest, not all of it, but just about all the, and well, I, praise the Lord, God did give me some sense because I didn't just stand there and say, wow, look what I, I was already over there within about a second and a half, amen, way, and I'm going to, have you ever heard the term mad as a hornet? I saw an old, my own personal demonstration of that. I got in my car, brought my car over. I had the Jeep Liberty then. And Brother Dan, I drove right over to where it was. And I'm going to tell you something. It sounded like it was raining on my windshield. It was a beautiful sunny day. And you heard, and it was all those hornets. They were bald-faced hornets. And they were hit and go, you know, God said, God said, to his people, he said, if you will just trust me and you will obey me, this is what he said, I'll go before you like the hornet. And you know what happened to all the, all, listen, all these powerful nations when, when God, Joshua and God's people decided to trust and obey God, you know what happened to them? Their hearts melted. I, I found this out. If there's a hornet coming after you, you are going to go the other direction. And this is exactly what happened to these pagan nations. It's exactly what we read about there in chapter 5, verse 1. Their hearts melted. And it brings us to Joshua chapter 6. And what we read in our text. And I have three simple points today in regards to uh, Joshua 6 is, is, is referenced here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. It says, By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about. So we'll start off in Joshua, in, in, in Hebrews chapter 11 here, with the foundational call of faith. Remember this, number one, the foundational call of faith. Remember this over and over and over as we look at these characters. And we're going to be, we're going to be closing this series with two more messages, really. They're going to, it's going to bring us right to missions conference. We have next week, we're going to be looking at the faith of Rahab, the harlot. And the following uh, week, we're going to look at the faith of the victors. And no, that's not U of M. Amen. For those of you out there, Brother Bryce, I 
expected a better amen than that from you. Amen. This is not U of M, the faith of the victors. Amen. But listen to me, every time in the Bible that we look in Hebrews chapter 11 that somebody did something great, it wasn't in their own strength. It was by faith. You know, when we do things in our own strength, we do things in our own power, we do things with our own gifts and our own talents, we get the glory. It's true. Had that happened before? Some will say, wow, that's a beautiful song you sang. And Miss Judy, I didn't mean to, but I took the glory. I said, well, thank you. What I should have said was, praise the Lord. Thank God. I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad it was a blessing to you. It was a blessing to sing it. Praise the Lord. When we do things just in our own strength. You know, there's a great character in the Old Testament. And he's referenced, we're going to talk about him a little bit here in a couple of weeks, is Samson. Listen, I don't believe Samson was much to look at. I really don't. I picture Samson as, you know, 5'8", five, five, 160, 170 pounds. So you say, Samson's the strong man. Yeah, only when the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Because if he was this huge nine-footer, I think he would have got the glory. But he was just regular. Anyway, so the foundational call of faith. By the way, if you go back to Joshua, if you're in Joshua, we have the promise of God's call. It's very interesting in chapter 1 of Joshua. If you look back there with me, we see the promise of God's call and this foundational call of faith. It says, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, I love that title for Moses, uh, it says, it came to pass that the Lord spake Unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister. By the way, an equally great title. An equally great title. Uh, I, I learned this a long time ago in regards to uh, 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 ser- trying to serve the Lord and be a, be a pastor. I learned this. If you can't serve under somebody, you can't serve in front of somebody. Learned that a long time ago. Thank God for the people in my life that I was privileged to serve under. But you know what? You know what Joshua did for Moses? You know what Joshua's job was? Joshua's job was to make sure that Moses ate, had something to drink, was protected. Not a very glorious job, Miss Kim. Not a very glorious job at all. But I love the fact that before he became the leader of all the children of Israel, he brought water to Moses. He brought water to Moses. And so uh, it says there in uh, verse number uh, two, two, yeah, Moses' minister says, Moses, my servant, now is dead. Therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, down to verse 5, chapter 1 of Joshua, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Verse 9, what a verse. Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. You say, why is this a foundational call? It's a foundational call for many reasons. First of all, God told Joshua, just like I was with Moses... 
And you saw the things that I did to the Egyptians, that I did because Moses simply asked me to, just like I was with him, I'm going to be with you. But then he also said this, you go into that land that I have promised you, it's already yours. Why? Because I'm going to go before you, just like that hornet. Amen? I'm going to go before you. I'm going to prepare the way. Uh, God's almost like a spiritual snowplow here. Amen? He said, I'm going to go, and I'm going to prepare that way for you. So there's the promise of God. Now think about what that promise must have meant to Joshua. Remember, go back to the days of the 12 spies. Who was one of those 12 spies? Joshua. And you remember, everyone else said, oh, you know, uh, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. They're giants in the land. And you remember, Joshua and Caleb were the ones that said, let me at them. We can take them. We got God on our side. Think about what this promise must have meant to Joshua. Everywhere, every place the sole of your foot touches. I'm going to be, I'm going to go before you. I'm going to be with you. Joshua 6, verse 2, look at it. It says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thy hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. So there's the promise of God's call. But then there's the presence of God's call. And we find that in Joshua chapter 5, if you'll look there with me, the end of the chapter, verses 13, 14, and 15. There's the presence of God's call. It says, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And I love this. And Joshua went unto him and said, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? I love that courageous spirit. And he said, Nay, but as the captain of the host of the Lord I am come. And Joshua fell down on his face to earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place wherein thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. This is what's called in the scriptures many times, it's called a theophany. And that means that literally this was God clothed in this human flesh. Some people think it was a Christophany, which is obviously the Lord Jesus Christ here. Many times, God's leaders, though they believe the promise of God's call, they're still human. And they need a little encouragement. God is so kind to give us the presence of His call. By the way, it isn't, isn't, it isn't, isn't it amazing that when you place faith in God's promise, that His presence goes with you? See, that, that's, that's the process, ladies and gentlemen. Well, if I could see, I'd believe. No, believe and you'll see. Believe and you'll see. Trust the promise and you'll experience the presence. So, there's the foundational call of faith for Joshua here. But then, there's the fulfilling compliance of faith. The fulfilling compliance of faith. What happens here? Hebrews 11. uh, Let me just read it. You stay there in Joshua. We'll be back there. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. 
Now, again, why did the walls fall down flat? Faith. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Yes. But what did faith produce? Obedience. Obedience. I heard somebody years ago, and it's very convicting, because we all struggle in our obedience, do we not? We all struggle in our obedience to God. And I heard an old preacher say, all disobedience is linked to unbelief. Now you think about that. That's... That doesn't mean you're not a believer. It means that when we disobey, we do not believe that promise that God has given to us. And Jesus, by the way, he upbraided his disciples after his resurrection. You know why? For their unbelief. The fact that they still didn't believe him as he's standing there with the holes in his hands and with the rip in his side. Faith leads to obedience. Listen to me. This whole story... In Joshua chapter 6, without faith is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. The walls of Jericho were so thick that you could drive two chariots side by side around the top. Walls like that don't fall flat when people walk around them with trumpets. But by the God who we have faith in, who can do anything, they do. But here's something to pull away from this about God's methods. We think about God's methods here, and we think, sometimes we think, why, why does God, you know, you think about the, the building of the ark, I think about like the building of the, the actual ark of Noah, and, and you know, uh, I think somebody had said that the, the, the ark was built by amateurs and the Titanic was built by professionals, right? And yet Noah did exactly what God told him to do, and the ark did exactly what God said it would do. You think about the tabernacle and the, the other ark, the ark of the covenant that's built in a very, very specific way. We think about this, even these instructions to, to go around Jericho, they were very specific. Let me, let me just tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. God's methods are to be trusted explicitly. God's methods are to be trusted. Let me, again, look at verses 6 and 7. Joshua 6, look at verses 6 and 7, please. It says, And Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said unto them, Take up the ark of the covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said unto the people, Pass on, come past the city, let him that is armed pass on before the ark. So listen to me, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. There was an order, there was a propriety to things. They didn't get just to do it whatever way they felt like doing it. They did it the way God said to do it, trusted explicitly. But verse 8 tells us not only are God's methods to be trusted explicitly, they are to be followed exactly. Verse 8, it came to pass when Joshua had spoken unto the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns passed on before the Lord and blew with the trumpets and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. 
Have you ever prayed and felt like your prayers weren't getting past the ceiling? Be honest. Yeah. You know what you're supposed to do? Keep praying. Why? Well, I, I, don't, I don't really feel like... See, that's your problem. You're living by feeling. Stop. If I live by... We, we had a great... Just a great lesson yesterday. We came in, and it, it was, I don't know, 10.45 when we got here. It was pouring rain. I mean, pouring. We're walking. Felt like the hornets, amen, hitting the, the car, amen. It was pouring. And little Caden Schwen came up to me. He walked right up to me, and, and I was, we were sitting there just waiting for folks to arrive. Little Caden came up to me. He said, he goes, Pastor, he looked at me, he goes, I don't want to be here today. <laughs> He's nine. He said what we were all thinking. Yeah. I just looked at him, Miss Jordan. I said, me neither, buddy. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm sorry. You're a pastor. You're supposed to want to be at visitation. Okay. I just, you know, I thought about it. But then we got to talking, and, and, and Pastor Alex and I, almost at the same time, Brother Stark, we said, you know what? A man, a woman, a mature man, a mature woman does what's right whether they feel like it or not. Now, we'd like some more people to be at visitation from now on if you think it's right. My ears are itchy. Amen. It's itchy. Yeah. Well, it's right. Listen, the Israelites didn't say, well, you know, I don't feel like, you know, I'm tired and We've been marching, and they're laughing at us on top of the wall. Forgive me, all you people with kids, all I can think of is veggie, veggie tales right now. Amen. <laughs> uh, Joshua in, in the, the, the great wall and throwing the grape jelly and all that. Amen. No. Listen, God's, God's methods, they don't have to make sense to be followed. See, this is what one of, the, one of the byproducts of sin that Satan tempted us with, he said, you'll be as gods. You'll be as gods. And then the devil convinces us, hey, if this doesn't make sense to you, you probably shouldn't do it. Because, you know, you need to be able to understand and, and process. Listen, those, those, those priests, they didn't need to be able to understand. They just needed to be able to obey. They needed to be in their spot do what they were supposed to do when they were supposed to do it in the order that they were supposed to do it. You know what you tell a new convert? You should be baptized. Why should I be baptized? Well, you should identify with Jesus Christ, amen. You should, not be, you should give a public profession of Jesus Christ. You shouldn't be ashamed. But you know what the ultimate is? You know why you should be baptized? Because Jesus said so. You know, again, as a pastor, tell people, hey, you ought to come to church. You ought to give. You ought to witness. You ought to... Why you ought to do all that? Because the pastor says so? No, because God said so. Well, I'm just not good at talking to people. Well, I guess God will have to take that command that he gave and highlight it with a black magic marker in your Bible. Or maybe he just meant for all of us to just do what we're supposed to do and give him the glory. Say, God, I'm not a good witness, but I'm going to witness anyway because you said to be. You know, that's a, Brother Ken, that's a product of somebody who could be a great witness. 
because he knows he's not a good witness. And he needs God's help. Amen? These, the, these, the, the God's methods, God's methods are to be trusted explicitly. They're to be followed exactly. And then, verses 6 through 9, they're to be employed enthusiastically. It says there in verses 6 through 9, or I'm sorry, verse, chapter 6, verse 9, through 11. It says, And the armed men went before the priests that blew with the trumpets, and the rearward came after the ark, the priests going on and blowing the trumpets. And Joshua had commanded the people, saying, Ye shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout. You know what in essence he's saying there? Hush until I tell you. I wonder how many people today would be able to do that. Can't say a word. They just... He just did it. He just did it. He said, and I'll bid you shout, and then shall you shout. So the ark of the Lord compassed the city, going about it once, and they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. You know, a great verse in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10. There are some great verses in Ecclesiastes, by the way. Ecclesiastes 9, 10 says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. Not only are God's methods to be trusted explicitly. They're to be followed exactly. They're to be employed enthusiastically. These people were obeying God, knowing that they were on the winning side, that God was going to do something miraculous. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, we look out at this world, and, you know, I preachers been saying this for 50 years. Oh, the world's getting worse. It's spiraling. I, I, read, I read some of Vance Havner's writings, and, and he talks about the, the late 60s and the 1970s. And I want to say, Brother Havner, I'm glad you're not here right now. Because if you think that was bad, you should see where we are now. I'm telling you, if, you're not, if you and I aren't careful... We get to just kind of throw in the towel with God's methods. Listen to me. God's methods are attached to God himself. They're attached to his promises. They're attached to his blessings. They're attached to his character. And listen to me, we ought to just get back to obeying what the Bible says and divorce ourselves from results. We live in a microwave society, and it extends into Christianity sometimes. We think, well, I'm going to do this for a little while, and then if God doesn't give me something, I'll just do, I'll go back. No. You know what? If God said do it, then do it. Whether you see something in your lifetime or not. You know, there are people who see blessings long after they've gone on. Hmm? Because they just decided, you know what, if God said it, I'm going to do it. If God said, so whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. Whatever you do for God, do your best. Just do your best, trusting Him. So there's the foundational call of faith. There's the fulfilling compliance of faith. Then in this text, we learn about the fruitful conquest of faith, don't we? That's verse 20. It says, so the people shouted. Again, 
They did what they were supposed to do, when they were supposed to do it, in the order they were supposed to do it. So when the people shouted, the priests blew with the trumpets, and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, that the wall fell down flat. So that the people went up into, every, into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. There's a song we sung last week. Every time we, we come out of the choir, the last two ladies that greet Brother Lolly and Brother Hutchins and myself, we wait, are Faith Salmons and Vanessa Lolly. And I'll always say to Faith, I'll say, you know, Faith is the victory. I always say that to Faith. Faith, and she smiles, and, you know, corny pastor joke, amen. Faith is the victory. By faith, the walls fell down flat. You think about it, ladies and gentlemen. Can a trumpet make a wall fall down flat? Nope. Can a chest carried by a bunch of Hebrew priests make a wall fall down flat? No, you could, you could put it right next to that wall all day long, and that wall will still stand there. Can a bunch of Hebrews marching around for seven days make a wall fall flat? No. But obeying the God who told them to put themselves in line to watch God do something that was impossible with men. By the way, God loves that. My life verse, my testimony, is Luke 137. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. But here's the problem. When we will not obey God and we still want Him to do impossible things in our lives, that's impossible. That's the impossible part. What we need to do is say, God, forgive me. Forgive me. I have not been trusting in obeying you. Now, Wherever you are in your Christian life, I, 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 know, I realize, some of you may say, hey, look, I'm trying to trust and obey the Lord I, you know, as best I can. I know that all of us have some areas of our life where we could say, you know what, I haven't been trusting you like I should in regards to that. By the way, it could be a stubborn habit. Could be a stu- there are people in this congregation that have a stubborn habit that you don't need to know about. It's between them and God. Amen. They're struggling with, and that area, you need to give that over to God. And watch him do the impossible. Listen, watch him unlock you from alcohol. Watch him unlock you from cigarettes. Fill in the blank, amen? But we can't constantly disobey God and think, now I want to see you do the impossible in my life. It doesn't work like that. What he, all he requires from us is that great song that we're going to sing in just a moment, is that we trust and obey is that we trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus or to see miraculous things in our lives but to trust Him. Say, God, I'm I'm absolutely giving this to You. I'm giving this to You. This does not make sense to me. I'm giving it to You. Again, the Bible tells us that none of those people that walked around, they didn't say a word because Joshua told them not to until it was time to shout. But I wonder how many of them thought, this is, this is crazy. 
This is crazy. But then again, maybe they didn't think that because they just had the Jordan River parted. Hmm? When God said, listen, just do it my way, have those priests step in, and as soon as they step in, the water's going to part, and you're going to walk across on dry ground. Maybe they thought to themselves, hey, remember that? Remember what God did? Remember how Joshua told us about those miracles in Egypt? Hey, that's the same God. Let's just keep walking. Let me say that again. That's the same God. Let's just keep walking. Let's just keep walking with Him. Let's just keep obeying Him. Let's just keep serving Him. Hey, when we mess up, when we stumble, let's just keep confessing our sin to Him. Let's just keep repenting. Let's just keep allowing Him a little bit more authority in our lives and a little bit more and a little bit more. By faith, walls of Jericho fell down flat. Amazing. By faith. Hey, if you're here today and you've not trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior, you have to do that by faith. No one can make you do that. Can't twist your arm. You're not saved because your grandma or grandpa was saved or because they told you that you prayed a prayer. You're saved because you have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You need to trust Him. If you've never trusted Him personally by faith, called upon Him and said, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I believe You died on the cross and rose from the dead. You're the Son of God. I trust You to forgive me of my sins and to take me to heaven when I die. If you've never trusted Him, you need to do that. If you have trusted Him, you need to start obeying Him. Because according to this text, faith produced obedience. And obedience is tied to blessing. We want the blessings of God, but not to obey God. You can't have both. You can't have both. You want God's blessings in your life. I'm not just talking about material blessings. You know what I mean. You understand. You want God's blessing in your life, God's favor in your life. You've got to prioritize obedience in your life. If you're here and you've not been baptized in deep water after salvation, you need to do that. Why? Because Jesus said you need to obey him. Uh, I would encourage you, we, we've had several come, uh, uh, the idea of being a member of a church. I believe God, God's for that, 100%, amen. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized in the same day were added into the church, about 3,000 souls, Acts chapter 2. Whatever the issue is, maybe it's that stubborn habit, maybe it's something nobody knows about. Why don't you give it to God? Why don't you say, God, I'm, I'm going to trust you with that. I'm going to call upon you when, when that temptation comes and, and, and that, that stubborn habit comes into my life. I'm going, to, I'm going to ask for your help and I'm going to trust you to help me. He will. He will. Well, so many of us have experienced so many victories in our lives. Sometimes we focus on the defeats and forget about the victories. It's a great victory here. How did it happen? By faith. By faith. Lord, thank you.